0: This is episode 324 of the AWS podcast, released on July 24th, 2019. Welcome to our special series of AWS Enterprise Stories. This series features interviews with senior leaders of large enterprises where they share their stories of innovation, exploration, and transformation. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, Marcy. Good morning. Good morning. So my name is Thad Dungan. I'm head of AWS Worldwide Business Development for Automotive. And today, as part of our continuing podcast series, we're interviewing leaders who are paving the way in enterprise transformation. In today's episode, we'll talk about bringing autonomous driving, connected vehicles, and smart cities together through the cloud. Ford has been a pioneer in this new mobility. With me today, we have a very special guest, Marcy Claiborne. She's Chief Transformation Officer of the Ford Motor Company. Marcy is leading this transformation at Ford, and today she'll talk with us about how she has accelerated Ford's transformation using cloud technologies, agile teams, partnerships, and acquisitions to help Ford evolve from a manufacturing company to a mobility company. Marcy, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for your interest in Ford and mobility. So. Marcy, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've had a wide range of responsibilities. Tell us how and when did you first get into this automotive industry?
1: It's a great question. And actually, it was somewhat by accident. When I graduated from, I went to University of Michigan, uh, Ross School of Business, and I was hired by at and to be in marketing and my account with Ford sort of Motor Company. And what I quickly found out is though so I, I liked marketing, but I, what I really liked even more was solving business problems with technology. So I took an internal test at at um, ATT because to take more of a network engineer kind of role on. Right. Still on the Ford account team. And then Ford actually asked me three times to join and I turned them down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: three times. Three
1: times. Wow. But um and I really was enjoying my role at ATT, but it was around 1983 when the US government broke up AT&T is a monopoly. And I realized then that the job would get would be not as fun because they broke up what technologies were sold by which company. And I realized that my scope would be smaller. So at that point Ford had come back and I accepted a job here thinking I would just be here probably for a few years. I was actually in a telecommunications team at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was at for a few years, and now uh, I'm just about 36 years at Ford Motor Company. Congratulations. Thank you. That's great. Yeah.
0: So Ford's been a leader in mobility for a long time and investing in a variety of different areas. Can you describe briefly what your vision is for the future of Ford and the customer experience?
1: Yeah, we believe that mobility drives human progress. So to get people to doctor's appointments, different healthcare options, education, jobs, social interaction, we believe that mobility is the key to that. We take that very seriously, and we believe that what we should do should improve people's lives. So when we think about mobility... Those are the kinds of things we think about and some of the businesses that we've started in the space reflect that uh, vision. And how we look at it is a frame that Jim have our CEO started, which is smart vehicles for a smart world. We're really thinking about both things, both the vehicles we produce and how they'll be connected, but the world getting ever smart around us and how those two things can work together to really... As I said, change human progress. So
0: what are some of those new businesses that have been started at the Ford?
1: One that I think really reflected the mission I described is our non-emergency medical transport business called Go Right Out. And so the business is just shy of two years old. It is a non-emergency medical transport business, as I talked about, that utilizes our transit on transportation. Product. And then we it so it was wheelchair accessible. And we wrote all the software and algorithms around that to do the routing, handling, the interacting with hospital and payer facilities. We have a large hospital network in Michigan, Beaumont Hospital Network. Sure. Yeah. But also we've announced several other um, large partnerships in that we've gone national, Michigan, Ohio, Florida, some others in, in the hopper. So the business has really taken off. It's an underserved area. The average benchmark for getting one of these special patients to a hospital appointment is on time arrival of 57%. That's the industry average. We're hitting 98% right now. Wow. It's huge for hospitals because they lose tens of thousands of dollars if the patient is late or misses. And then the whole system pays because that patient then is not on their wellness plan to receive treatment. Also, we take very seriously the customer experience as part of that. So mm-hmm. not only try to get them there on time and safe, but we really try to make the whole experience very respectful. For many of these people, that appointment is their only social interaction for the week. Yeah, Absolutely. So we're also very focused on
0: the driver. So it would work a person shut in. They can't again they, they don't drive, they can't get out and they would just call
1: they can call themselves or yeah. they can go online or they can make an arrangement depending on what the situation is through the hospital that fits themselves so um, we have a couple different ways we also take patients or these special customers to other things too could be grocery shopping really? or other huh. other places as Well, right? that's great
0: yeah. so that vision since you've been in this transformation role and other roles it's probably evolved over time right yes yeah. And how has it evolved over time? I mean, from over the last, say, 10 years to right now, and all these emerging technologies and the pressures that are on to compete for that consumer attention, how has that changed?
1: I think one big change in the industry, not only just for the industry as a whole, is that who your competition is has changed dramatically. So we used to just kind of focus on what the other OEMs are doing. Right now, our competition is the OEMs, but really, practically importantly, a whole lot of other players in the technology industry all competing for that share of screen time in the vehicle or connectivity through a phone. That's great. So how does that impact towards
0: products, their designs, and how they connect with the customer? Has that had immediate impact
1: in the roadmap? I mean, that's a really great question. And one of the things that we worked on the last couple of years is how do we get our vehicles connected? So we have 100% connectivity plan now. And by the end of this year, 100% of all new vehicles in the U.S. will have a built-in modem. And by the end of um, 2020, you know, 90% yeah. of all our global vehicles will be 100% connected with modem. So that has lo- it had a huge impact on our vehicle cycle plan, adding this connectivity, not only having the modems built in, as I've described in, in the U.S. and our global markets, but also looking at the electrical architecture that's part of our vehicle and how we can leverage that for things like over-the-air updates. It's actually a big impact on the product. That's just the technology side. The most important thing is the customer experience. So now that they're connected, what's that experience like in, in the vehicle?
0: So a couple of things. That's neat. So 90% of all your global products Will have that telematics pipe that they'll be connected. So, Asia and Brazil, that's really impressive. So, how have, what have been some of those challenges bringing that technology into the vehicle in some of those different regions in geography?
1: Well, really, a similar challenge all around the world is it adds additional cost to the vehicle. Right. And, and so what do we do to achieve benefits to make that cost worthwhile? And the benefits can come in a couple different areas, right? They can come in additional revenue through services that we could provide using connectivity. But also, maybe even more importantly, our benefits internally, um, as we learn more and more about the vehicle, and the data we get from the vehicle to do things like improve quality, look at how we might work with suppliers differently, that's really the possibilities are endless. So it's really thinking about how we can achieve benefits for the customers, but also internally as well to continue to improve the product that we put out. So I am from AWS,
0: right? So the listeners are also <laughs> interested in how, what role does the cloud play in all of that? With all the data on the vehicle, whether it's connected, whether it's autonomous, does the cloud play?
1: Well, the cloud is huge. In fact, it is really the glue that will connect everything. As you know, a right. short time ago, we announced a go-to-market strategy with AWS for our transportation mobility cloud. In a DES, in 2018, myself and Jim Hackett right. uh, were on stage announcing the transportation mobility cloud and the fact that we believe the future is open. Now, that might be common sense to all of you in the technology world, but from the proprietary world of automotive, it is a very unique position to say we believe the future is open and we want to invite other OEMs to join us on the TMC, the transportation mobility cloud. And if you think about the data coming up, the vehicle, you think about data being pulled in from cities. Sure. It all has to go somewhere. And the transportation mobility cloud you can think of it as the glue where this data can come together and really be put to good use by partners
0: and for the company. Yeah, that's great. So when you look at the mobility strategy from Ford, how does that interact with sustainability in initiatives? That's
1: a, another great question. It's something we're very proud of. So yeah. we just actually launched our sustainability report and you can take a look at it if you choose to. And Mobility is, is woven throughout it, and examples really are how we want to work to help reduce congestion, and by reducing congestion, we can also improve air quality. Not only are we looking at how we work with our vehicles um, themselves to make them more sustainable and, and green-friendly, but we also think about what we can do with data working with cities to reduce CO2 and reduce congestion, the two things we work on in yeah. hand. And at Ford, we feel a very special responsibility here. So 116 years ago, Henry Ford revolutionized the modern day um, assembly line. And what that did is it made vehicles more affordable, um, even to those people that worked on the line. So that put more vehicles on the road, which is a great thing. What you probably never envisioned is some of the congestion and the CO2 implications of that. But we Absolutely. feel a huge responsibility to help
0: so I came up through the automotive industry as well so on the supplier side traditionally you outsource you have tier one suppliers you have you know and some components and assemblies Ford will decide to do it themselves technology is a different different beast right and it's a little bit different than just okay I want this component and it needs to be delivered with this kind of quality how does Ford look at technology partnerships what do you look for how, how might it be different from traditional sourcing or
1: outsourcing that's a good question in things. Number one, with all of our suppliers, we look at, do our values align? Is it a good partnership? Is it a win-win for everybody that's included in the relationship? So that's kind of, I would call that table stakes with how we operate. The other thing though, from a technology partnership perspective that you have to be aware of is that things can change very quickly. So you have to be ready to adapt and make changes if need be. And um, another thing I think about a lot is what pieces of your strategy will commoditize over time and what pieces will be your differential or if you've ever read the startup playbook by David Kitter, but he yeah. talks about your unfair advantage. So what are your unfair advantages or the moat that you're gonna build? Yeah. And what partners help you build that moat?
0: So maybe just an add-on to that question, startups. Startups are—they—they come up there, early seed. They start uh, and they disrupt. How do you view? How does Ford view startup companies and the role they play in maybe bridging the gap where there might be some white space, or where they might be able to accelerate development, and even you know, cloud providers. You know, what's what's the idea there around (laughs) startups?
1: Startups and we obviously autonomic, which is the TMC traditional mobility cloud provider was a startup. And one thing we think about with startups is they, they have their freedom maybe to innovate and move at a different pace. And also to maybe more quickly try things out and work through, you know, triage through that and decide if something's going to be a long-term possibility or if it was really just a learning for the future. You get into some larger companies like Ford, and of course we have, we make an automobile, so we have processes that are risk-averse because we're we're safety-minded, etc. A startup might have a product that's just based on software and some of these safety issues might not apply, and therefore they can move at a different risk pace and different pace of agility. what we're trying to do at Ford is balance those two things. So we have our automotive speed, which is about, you know, a several year cycle from envisioning what the automobile might be like through, you know, design and manufacture, job one. But then around that vehicle, you have technology changing very quickly. How do you mirror those two things? And we think startups and, and the cloud companies can really help us with that
0: merit. Let's take a personal turn, okay? Let's take this more towards you a little bit. You so you started at 18 and you have risen through the ranks of Ford motor companies. I have a couple of daughters uh, who are engineering oriented, what would you tell my daughters or the women to the minorities that are out there and how would they forge their path to the top?
1: So, a great question because I never <laughs> really said, oh, this is the position I want and work my way through, which some people assume that right. you know, it was that strategic and maybe disappointingly so. It's not that strategic on my part. But what I would say is this. When working with diverse candidates, uh, minority candidates, female candidates, I often find a couple of things. And I would say this was true of myself. Number one, you know more than you think You know, and you probably aren't as confident as you could be. And I think that sometimes differentiates us versus maybe some of our male colleagues. Also, I think the other thing is just kind of be true to yourself and be authentic. And that builds trust. Trust helps build relationships. And in the end, I have found that's one of the most important things you can have because you can't know everything. You can't do everything yourself. And so having those relationships and those partnerships and building a great team, that's what it's all about. What have been the attributes of your best teams? Oh, that's a great one. I'm, uh, huge believer in your, you're as strong as your team. And so the best attributes are a team that work seamlessly together with their arms locked. And whether you're in the room together or one of the representatives in the room, you're speaking from the same voice, you can challenge each other. So there's um, healthy tension, which is a great thing because you challenge each other, you push and you probe, and then you come to an aligned position based on compromising with all the great ideas and opinions in the room. And then you move forward together and you have a lot of fun doing that.
0: I'm going to ask you a tough question again. Sure. If I were to walk out now and ask one of the people that have worked for you, <laughs> describe Marcy. What's she like to work? With? What would they say to me?
1: So I think they would say that fair, but probably not easy. <laughs> to work for, um, Because I, the bar is high. I hold the bar high for myself and everybody around me. But we will achieve great things together and we'll have a lot of fun doing it. But it probably won't be your easiest journey either.
0: Yeah, that's fair. We've been joined by Marcy Claiborne, the Chief Transformation Officer of Ford Motor Company. Marcy, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate your candid answers and I wish you continued success at Ford and congratulations on your, your career to this point. Thank yeah. you.
1: Thank you. it been a pleasure.